And now it's time for our reading here in the New Testament. Our narrative comes from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 53. Here's a brief overview and commentary on what we'll be narrating in Scripture today. The two followers returning to Emmaus at first missed the significance of history's greatest event because they were too focused on their disappointments and problems. In fact, they didn't recognize Jesus when He was walking right there beside them. To compound the problem, they were walking in the wrong direction, away from the fellowship of believers in Jerusalem. You know, we're likely to miss Jesus and withdraw from the strength found in other believers when we become preoccupied with our dashed hopes and frustrated plans. Only when we're looking for Jesus in our midst will we experience the power and help He can bring. Now, the news about Jesus' crucifixion had spread throughout Jerusalem. Because this was Passover week, Jews visiting the city from all over the Roman Empire now knew about his death. And this was not a small, insignificant event, affecting only the disciples. No, the whole nation was interested. Well, these followers from Emmaus had been counting on Jesus to redeem Israel, that is, to rescue the nation from its enemies. Most Jews believed that the Old Testament prophecies pointed to a military and political messiah. They didn't realize that the Messiah had come to redeem people from slavery to sin. When Jesus died, therefore, they lost all hope. They didn't understand that Jesus' death offered the greatest hope possible. Now, beginning with the promised offspring in Genesis and going through the suffering servant in Isaiah, the pierced one in Zechariah, and the messenger of the covenant in Malachi, Jesus introduced these disciples to the Old Testament— Christ is the thread woven through all the scriptures, the central theme that binds them together. Paul also mentions that Jesus appeared to Peter alone. Uh, This appearance is not further described in the Gospels. Jesus showed individual concern for Peter because Peter felt completely unworthy after denying his Lord. But Peter repented, and Jesus approached him and forgave him. And soon, God would use Peter in building Christ's church. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 29th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 53. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, 
His body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people! You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering His glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus, and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if He were going on, but they begged Him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So He went home with them. As they sat down to eat, He took the bread and blessed it. Then He broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him. And at that moment He disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as He talked with us on the road and explained the Scriptures to us? And within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized Him as He was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus Himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, He said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and, lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Psalm 100 Verses 1 through 5. David tells us to acknowledge that the Lord is God. How can we do that? We acknowledge Him when we shout our praises, appreciate His status as our Creator, accept His authority in every detail of life, enthusiastically agree with the guidance He gives, and express our thanks for His unfailing love. God is our Creator. We did not create ourselves. Now, many people live as though they're the Creator and center of their own little world. This mindset leads to pride, greed, idolatry, and if everything should be taken away, 
a loss of hope itself. But when we realize that God created us and gives us all we have, well, we'll want to give to others as God gave to us. Then, even if all is lost, we still have God and all He gives. God alone is worthy of being worshipped. So what's your attitude toward worship? Do you willingly and joyfully come into God's presence? Or are you just going through the motions, reluctantly going to church? This psalm tells us to remember God's goodness and dependability and then to worship with thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death.